Okay, my name is Kimberly Stone, and my company name is PoshGlam.com. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Kimberly Stone, and she's going to give us the game on poshglam.com and everything else that she has going on. And I'm going to tell you guys, links are in the description, whether you are listening on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or our latest partner at Freetown Sierra Leone, AYV Radio. She even has some African wear on her website. She's going to explain the game from front to beginning, beginning to end, whatever that is, y'all. But Kimberly, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi there. Yeah, I'm Kimberly Stone, and I'm really excited this morning. I had all these Red Bulls, and I'm really excited about Pasha Glam and what you all are doing, and I do have African wear on my website, Endearing Stitches, and we're looking for new vendors, beauty, art, fashion, gossip. The gossip column is for people to sign up and plug whatever they want. I have some plugs today. A black-owned business, Bel Air Cosmetics, these turmeric face washes. Black-owned business, I have Michelle Taylor Designs, here's a crown. And with me interviewing, <clears throat> excuse me, is Paddington. I attended Mercer University, and the mascot is a bear. I've got Paddington interviewing with me after the queen got a marmalade sandwich about kindness. So Paddington interviewing with me. I, I love I love it. Tell the story. Why why Paddington the Bear? Paddington, I ordered him last year, and the company's been around for a long time. I intend on having Posh Glam a long time. I have British, Scottish, Irish, Welsh, German, French, and Nigerian ancestry, and I have heavy ties to the United Kingdom. So I thought Paddington was a nice touch because the mascot for Mercer University is a bear. And I'm wearing my high school t-shirt that has bears on it. There's Lasser. They're the graduation bears. I took small business management in high school and went on an entrepreneurship camp for, for college-level entrepreneurs at KSU. I attended the top entrepreneurship school in the whole country of the United States, Baruch College and NYU and uh, Spelman College. So I'm really excited about entrepreneurship. I think it's really cool to start something of your own. And my story is very diverse. Uh, my mother was the supplier diversity manager of AT&T. So that's why it's so cool to be on Diversified Game. And, you know, I when I was a little girl, I used to go sleep under her desk downtown in Atlanta. I'd sleep under her desk when I went to work with her. And I learned a lot about business from my mother now that we've just gone um We've just passed Mother's Day and we're moving on to Father's Day. So, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm training for broadcasting. So that's why you can tell that I'm listening to my voice when I'm speaking to you. And I have the kind of look like the haircut, like a broadcaster's look. And I just, you know, I want to make it fun. So years later, once I'm a broadcaster, we can look back on this and say, it's still on the internet. And it's Kimberly. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, you are full of excitement. You went to an HBCU, so did I. So so did my wife. Uh, we all we went to the same HBCU, the Harvard of the South, uh, Grambling State. But tell me, yes, yes. But Spelman is uh, an elite in itself. Not everybody can get into Spelman. Some of y'all can't even get an application because they say no. Um, how was it 
with your you say mixed background, but it's clear that you are black. Um, yeah. You know, no, 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 nobody would know anything else. It'd be like, okay, you're, yeah. you're black. Okay, you know what? Yeah. How was it at an HBCU? You know, compared to a PWI, predominantly white institution. Yeah. I heard that terminology. Ew, PWI. Okay, so I went to Lasseter, which is a PWI. My high school mm. was the largest high school in Georgia. So my high school, I started out in College Park at Thicket. And I went to private school before that. And then I went to a PWI in, in uh, pre-first. I went to what's called pre-first, which is a PWI. And it was mostly white students in my class. And I had a grandmother with German ancestry on my mother's side. And, um, you know, my grandmother got upset when I was at Thicket because I was saying dis and dat. And I almost ended up in speaking classes. And now I'm a great black speaker. So I can say, you know, I had a lot of white friends at Lasseter and it was cool. I mean, it was, it, it was what it was. I saw Swaska maybe one time when I was working at a restaurant and I got spit on one time at my locker. And then I had, I had some things at Spelman go on that maybe weren't perfect, but I love the school. So it depends on how, it depends on how you look at it. You know, I didn't really like, um, having to shift that personality role so much from a cultural standpoint. And I'm glad you asked me that question about PWI because I think when I was around white people, I think I, I listened to my voice more in terms of voiceovers. When I was around black people, I got a little bit more comfortable. Mm. And I'll tell you, I'll give you some of the psychology of it. Once I got around black women, I didn't see my scars as much. Mm. You know how like fascism means you see every single scar, every single hair, every single, like if there's a scar in your hand, you see it with fascism. Once I got around black women, I stopped seeing my scars as much. Is, and is that because black folks are so used to being, you know, we have to be ourselves. I think I'm going to answer your question. We have to be ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, we're not, even if you talk the Queen's English, you're still not going to be uh, accepted by the majority of the population, the masses, not all, because, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're all people, we're all crazy, we're all flawed. But let me ask you, you know, when you got comfortable being whoever you wanted to be, which is crazy, because if you were in Nigeria speaking pidgin, that's okay. But if you're here speaking Ebonic, even Africans sometimes frown at that. And it's like, it's just our pidgin. Um, did the entrepreneurship start at Spelman or were you always an entrepreneur? I was always an entrepreneur when I was four years old. This is like the ultimate story of my business. My mother took me to the fabric store because she was picking out fabric for a bridesmaid's dress. And I threw a fit. I was thinking like, if my mother's going to have a dress, I'm supposed to have a dress. So I painted the little girl and she took me over to the remnant bin and we picked something out. Then she took me home at four years old and sat with me with a needle and thread and I made my own outfit. And then wow. I had modeling parties. This is when we were in the hood. We had, I had modeling parties from there on out. And my birthday parties were modeling parties. And I looked up to Iman. And um, I'll tell you, that, that outfit is somewhere. I don't think we ever got rid of it. And I, I, had, I had fashion businesses uh, where I was selling T-shirts and barrettes um, to my friends at church. All throughout my life, I had some kind of fashion thing going on. Even when I look at my astrology, it says fashion. 
And then I had these names in my bulletin board and I never bought the domains. And then when I got to college at Baruch in New York, when I was in a luxury high rise building, I finally bought the domain poshglem.com and named my business because my business didn't have a name. I had a white business partner in high school who eventually went on to Parsons, but we didn't have a name for the business. So I searched for a name for a long time before I got to Pasha Glam. Okay. I, now, since you said the name again, let me, as I got to put my consultant hat on, not my podcaster hat, not my publicist or my sports agent, but my yeah. consultant hat. Now, is the goal for you for Posh Glam, is it going to be similar to an Etsy or an Amazon where you're going to accept so many products? And, you know, your products, you can't get anywhere else online from what I've yeah. seen, you know. Yeah. So is that the goal or are you going to go somewhere else? Given well, that I was around before, as long as I was around when Amazon was a bookstore. So Amazon yeah. has been sued by Barnes & Noble and Walmart because they were wrong a lot. They were a bookstore and they copied other people's business models. So my business plan for this platform started very early on in 2005 for a social network of e-commerce site. Because if you think about it, of course I want an e-commerce site. It was back when there was a Net-A-Porter. There was a company called Girl Shop. There was a company called, um, there was Net-A-Porter first. It was Girl Shop. There was Style.com. We've been around since when Vogue was on Style.com. Remember those days? I do. I, I do you know what those days were? Those were days that, crypto actually meant something because you did it on the dark web because you couldn't buy it anywhere else. There's nowhere else to buy. Yeah. Stuff, you yeah. know, so that's, that's, so the goal is to, you know, have the Etsy. What has been, you know, the biggest blessing and the biggest barrier into getting into this game because laws can change where it can even, you know, throw your business a whole different direction. But like, what's the biggest blessing and, 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 and burden because it's not an easy task that you're doing. Yeah. yeah, the last thing I heard was Etsy. How you're asking if I want to be on Etsy. Oh, no, I'll repeat it. I'll repeat the question. I want to know, you know, the question um, is the, the platform is, is similar to Etsy um, right now. But what has been the biggest blessing and what is the biggest burden in a business like this? Because, you know, laws can change. And yeah. it can shift your business and you have to do things differently. So I just want to give a story for the 14-year-old listening right now to hear how this has been a barrier, but this has been the blessing. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, for the 14-year-old, study law. I took law in high school. It changes a lot. And get on the newsletters for law. There's a, there are newsletters for law. I'm on one. They update you because for the 14-year-old, take law in high school if it's about the laws changing. Because you have to know how to deal with cops. You have to know how to deal with lawyers. You have to know how to deal with judges. So for that 14-year-old, make sure you start studying law now and always ask questions. Always start, see if you can find an attorney to mentor you now. If you want to be a business person, see if you can find a business attorney to mentor you now. Um, I, I've dealt with over 300 law firms. The law changed a lot. I took law in high school. I took small business in high school. Um, you have to be a sponge. That's what the internet's about, in my opinion. Be a sponge, you know, ask questions. When you go to the grocery store, ask questions. Never be afraid to reach out to someone that's older than you to mentor you and to help you and to, um, it's the law that you have to know the law. 
So if you're 14, you know, Nelson Mandela was the first lawyer in South Africa and George Floyd was studying criminal justice. You see what I'm saying? But it's the law that you have to know the law. So when you talk about the law, and y'all giving a good example of what happened to me. When I first started a blog, the law was if it's a lie, blog it. Or if you want to get something out of public domain, like a picture, you can post it. Remember those days? Yeah. And the law changed where you have to have the rights to the photo. Remember a web blog, if you think it's a blog, a lie, blog it. I remember all those days. I'm a big yeah. geek. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big geek. So the yeah. law changed where you have to own the rights to the photo. So I'm dealing with that with Pasha Glam, where if someone logs into gossip, whether or not they own the, the rights to the photo makes a difference. So That's I recently it. posted for the SBA. I posted for the SBA and they gave me their photos. But a lot of times when I do editorial, I get the photos from the publicist. Okay. Yeah. You, you just gave some great game that, you know, you can hear all day online how to make a billion dollars, a trillion dollars and whatever crypto that just came out. But that that is something I deal with influencers every day. That's my yeah. part of our business. And I can't tell you how many times people email and say, you don't have the right to use that photo. And even yeah. in the magazine game, when I did that, you know, um, people would call because the model gave the photo. We didn't steal your photo. The model right. gave that. Right. You know, tell, tell me, though, with Posh Glam, you know, and you've been doing it a, a, a good amount of time. Yeah. Are you looking or have you looked at venture capital and willing to take the money that so many, you know, mega entrepreneurs have had yeah, to I'll tell you, I'm in touch with some venture capitalists and some investors and they get to a certain point. So the first thing that happened is I got an investment. When I started Posh Glam, I was engaged to someone that was a multimillionaire. So I was in New York. There was this guy that begged me away from my boyfriend. So, okay, I'll tell you, I was a cocktail waitress in 2004 for working at Sprint. And I was a cocktail waitress and I had a boyfriend. I was a waitress and there was this guy that begged me to leave my boyfriend for him and told me that his mother was poor when his mother met his father and that um, I was a model at the time. And he said that if I married him, that it would be fine and that like I would, I would start a business, whatever it may be. So I, he, was, he was a consultant on the accounting side for Arthur Anderson and Baker McKenzie and um he was only like 34 or something but I was 22 so 34 was young or I was 21 and I've never confided anybody about this but when I first started Patrick Glam I was dating him and it was long distance and in 2004 he helped me figure out that I wanted to go to Baruch so there was a blessing in it it was an accounting school and my birthday's the last day of the year so he helped me figure out that I wanted to go to Baruch so I went all the way up to New York my mother got me an apartment and um, we decided that he was an invest in Pasha Glam because that's when I was finally naming it. And I had gone through all these ideas with him before that and they'd all gotten stolen. And his name was Craig Ritchie and he was a, he was a baseball player at some point in time. And, you know, he told me that if I started a business, he would fund it. So that's how Pasha Glam started. He was a multimillionaire. And he was getting interviewed by venture capitalist firms. And, you know, he came to my apartment one day and I was looking for some things because me and my roommate had fallen out. And he got upset because I wouldn't let him sleep in my bed. 
so I told him he had to sleep on the clipping. I hadn't slept with him. There was a clip. Remember the clipping from IKEA, the little that styrofoam-looking couch. Yeah. I told him he had to sleep on that. And he got upset and left, and then we fell out, and he called my mother. So that's why I lost my first investment for Pasha Glam. I didn't sleep with him. Then I ended up talking to other investors, and I had an investor, David Fresh, when he was known by Delaware, and he had a two hundred million dollar fund, and he decided to invest in Pasha Glam. We started working together in 2009 with Fashion Invest. And, you know, he passed away in 2015. How sad, right? Mm-hmm. So I had investment before, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't matriculate. It didn't, I don't know if matriculate is the right word. I'm sorry to say matriculate, but I, in academia, that's the word to use. So it didn't really like progress to the extent to where I actually got the money. Okay. Okay. Well, that that's a lesson learned because I think we're going to find out with the Me Too Part 2 version how many people had to literally sleep with someone. And, and that word, like venture capital, a lot of them want to F you out of a deal anyway. Yeah, that's you know, what my attorney say. was saying. That's what my attorney was saying. They didn't stop. Yeah. He was saying the women are saying to him, I wish they stopped trying to sleep with me. Yeah, which, which if we're going to have that conversation... You know, people are people, and that's yeah. happening globally everywhere. It's just when you're using your power and what you could give somebody. But even in that, there's people who say, hey, I wanted to do that because I knew I could get a leg up, or I really like that person. But yeah. it, it's not, you know, you guys, those with the money, you got to be careful who you deal with because you can't trust anyone. And those yeah. who want the money always know where you don't want to go to get the money. Because, you know, it's just, you want to be fair in business. And the business is a lot like dating. Would you agree? You know, people put their best. You don't really know people until you're in business or until you're in bed with them. There you go. There you go. Pasha Glam. I meant to, you know, anything can snitch. Have you ever ever had somebody make something snitch? Yeah. You had somebody, someone make the TV snitch before? No, that I haven't, no. Living in a white community, I've had them do that to me before where they made something snitch. You wow. can make something snitch. I'm going to teach Paddington to say Pasha Glam. <laughs> you can do something. Some some people know how to do it where it like calms everybody down. It does this, it does that, and then something will snitch. It's not supposed to be talking. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to get Paddington to say Pasha Glam. That, I think that's cool. Can you give another another lesson, again, 14, 15-year-old girl or boy out there listening, while you've been doing Posh Glam since 04, 05, have you had to do any other jobs to keep your business going? I know yeah. I have. You yeah, know, I worked the- for spa. I worked for an SEC filing company. I counted commodities at Mitsubishi. I worked for Bloomingdale's. I worked as a waitress. I get jobs all the time. It's fine. I'd rather give jobs and take get a job than I've been a matchmaker. I'd rather get a job or a modeling job rather than um, give up equity in my company. I'm a plus size model now, so now I get plus size modeling jobs. So it's where like, they, yeah. where can they find you, some of your work on that? Um, I give you my modeling pictures. So when you blog it, you can put my modeling pictures up. Okay, but yeah. just for those who are listening right now, if there's a website, Instagram, where they can check you out and I'm say, Kimberly oh, Eastone, and I'm with Click Model Management Atlanta. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. 
tell the people what is, you know, with all the success and the best is yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future? Yeah, I just did something for uh, motherless daughters. This is the invite, the brochure, the um, menu, I should say, chat for charity, chat, F-O-R charity.com. You see it? Yeah. This is Motherless Daughters. This is the folder it came in. See, that's the Motherless Daughter logo. Mm-hmm. I want you to include this in the blog. Motherless Daughters. Um, I'm do- we're unveiling. I'll include you guys. We're going to be unveiling Zenona, Cla- Zenona Clayton's statue very soon and Clarence Thomas. We're going to be unveiling oh, wow. statues in Georgia very soon. And I'm going to the unveiling of Zenona Clayton's statue. Wow. Wow. That, that's big stuff. Now the chat for charity, is that something that, is that going to be an app or is that something that, you know, tell, tell us more. Well, right now it's a hashtag for philanthropy. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're doing anything philanthropic, use the chat for charity philanthropic hashtag on Instagram or Twitter. Okay. Do you own that website? Like yeah. I own chatforcharity.com and chatforcharity.org. Awesome. Awesome. Those, I think those are going to be a million dollar, if not more domains. Uh, I yeah. love the name. Love Thank the name. Love the game. What, what is your superpower? My superpower is prayer. Awesome. I'll tell you, I found a good prayer company, Silent Unity. They know to turn it around for me. Pray until something happens. Wow. So even if I'm in traffic and something happens, I call Silent Unity and they turn it around. I love it. I love it. And because of time, you guys, we could go on and on, but I, you've gotten blessed with the game. If you want to tap in to Kimberly, the links are going to be in the description. But Kimberly, give them some last words and the best way to connect with you. Okay. I want to be a bigger model than Ashley Graham and Kate Upton. I'm a plus size model. I want to be something where the little girls are like, I can be just like Kimberly and she's a size 16 or whatever it may be. Or she does diversity in fashion or, you know, her mother was a supplier diversity manager for AT&T. And like, she told me to learn the law and now I'm a judge. I want to be 90 years old where I have like a judge where it's a little girl right now. She becomes a judge or like, you know, I became a journalist or like, I want these success stories. So contact me at Kimberly at poshglam.com. Send me your Kimberly success story so I can use it as a testimonial. I'm on Instagram as Kimberly E. Stone. I'm on Instagram as Posh Glam. I own KimberlyStone.com, KimberlyEstone.com. You can always reach out to me. My cell phone number is on a flyer on the internet. I'm not going to give that out. But if you want to be a vendor on my website, contact me right away. We'll be friends. You guys. You've been blessed by the game. Again, if not for time and schedules and moving here, Kim, we're connected on um, the phone for sure. And I want to thank Kat, Kat out of South Florida, Miami, um, for connecting this interview. This was, this was meant to happen. This was meant to happen. And let me tell you something, Kimberly, before we sign off, I, I had an interview schedule that I had just cleared because I already did it. And then your publicist had scheduled this, like, I think last, yesterday, last night. And so I was like, oh, I got an interview. And I'm so glad I did. When I saw the African wear, I knew we were going to be friends. 
and we are connected. When you come to South Florida, don't be a stranger. You guys don't be a stranger. By sharing this game and blessing someone else, it will change somebody's life. Be blessed, y'all. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia? Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is going to cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that $100 US dollars is worth a 1,000 South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that, you know, when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to. Um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out.